And I'm about to bring to this podium one of my very dear friends, one of my dearest friends. And uh, I thank God for this man and his wife. They are, again, some of Sister Heidi and I's dearest friends, our kids and their kids. Uh, We just love them so much. And I can't even put into words what they mean to us and this church. And many of you remember when we were in the throes of our battle for uh, achieving a permit Uh, for this building that we're able to sit in today. And you remember when Brother Myers stepped in, what you don't know is how he had to rearrange his schedule. He has a very busy schedule pastoring the Great East Wind Church in Palm Bay, Florida, one of the greatest United Pentecostal churches there is, and doing such a powerful work, but also very active on the international stage, building churches around the world. And uh, and so he had to rearrange his schedule uh, to be here and was here whenever we needed him and helped us achieve the permit that we needed. He was so kind and Sister Myers was so kind and, uh, and the things they said about the building that, we're, that God has helped us to build. And I said, well, we wanna thank you for helping us get the permission we needed to build this building. But uh, he has been a friend to this church and a friend to our family. He's a friend to the body of Christ. And he's here today in the new building for the first time. And I am so honored that he's going to be delivering the word of the Lord. We love Pastor and Sister Myers and Gregory and Luke and their Bible quiz team are here with us. And we just love this church and we love this family. And we want Pastor Myers to come. If you, as he comes, I just want you to notice the nice seat you're sitting in. Uh, It's a comfortable seat that was inspired by Pastor and Sister Myers. We had very specific instructions for the company uh, that when we were ordering the chairs, we said, whatever they did at Eastwind, that's what we want at Tree of Life. And, uh, and that's what happened. So you have them to thank for the comfort we have in our seating. But could you welcome Pastor Myers? If you could stand to your feet, put your hands together, receive the man of God as he comes to bring the word of the Lord. We love you, Pastor Myers. God bless you. So thank you for God bless you. Oh, let's give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. What a great God you are, Lord. Oh, we bless the name of Jesus. You have done mighty works. Amen. What a great God we serve. Amen. And what a great privilege of ours to be with you at Tree of Life Church. Oh, Brother Urshan, when you were speaking about that, my mind went back. I remember the night that we were in that high school gymnasium. I think it was before the planning and zoning committee. And uh, we just packed it out with as many people as possible from Tree of Life Church. I think that meeting went on for like six hours. As it went on and on, I started seeing the opposition get up and leave as members of Tree of Life got up and started speaking about what this church had done for them. People that had been delivered from drugs, marriages that had been put back together. Oh, the politicians, the opponents, they couldn't, they couldn't stand it. It was too much. What a great God we serve. And I am thankful for what this church is doing and my heart rejoices today to be with you. And uh, as Brother Urshan mentioned, our families are so knit together for so many years. Uh, I was thinking back, uh, I believe Brother Urshan was 16 years old whenever I uh, first was exposed to his ministry. We had him come down and preach in Palm Bay, Florida. And I think he had um, some sort of um, cold, this was pre-COVID, and so we didn't know what to name it, but 
I said, do we need to reschedule? And uh, he, I don't even think he had a voice, but I remember him saying, no, I'll be fine. And what a trooper. I mean, he preached that first week. The power of God fell. I think his voice got stronger as the anointing came upon him. And all of these years later, to see what God has done in this beautiful family. Sister Heidi, we love you so much. And Anna and Zach and the Enos family, everybody. This feels like home for all of us. We are delighted to be with you. My sons, Gregory and Luke. We have been in Zanesville. Uh, we have been in Zanesville uh, yesterday through Bible quizzing as our uh, young people, Brother Johnson, are also preparing for uh, the national tournament coming up in St. Louis in a couple of weeks. And so we were with the Bounds in Zanesville, Ohio yesterday. And Brother Urshan said, you've not had a chance to preach. I want you to come by and preach. And we were so delighted to do so. But our plane leaves today at 3 o'clock. So if I don't get a chance to shake everybody's hand after service... Please forgive me, but know for sure we will be back. I feel like Douglas MacArthur standing out in the waters. We shall return. Amen. But uh, I do believe the Lord has given us a word for this service today. And what Brother Urshan has said and Brother Duval, I am confirmed through what has happened in this service that God has a special word for somebody in this building today. And so we turn your attention to the book of Judges, uh, chapter 16, and we begin reading in verse 17. Oh, so many friends, the Turners, so good to see you guys. Uh, Sister Buller, got to talk with her this morning. Uh, just, just so many special people that are here today. If I have not mentioned your name, please forgive me. Judges, chapter 16, and we begin reading in verse 17 that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him, or he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. How be it? Everybody say, how be it? Everybody has a how be it in their life. Everything looks like it's gone wrong. But God says, not yet. How be it? The hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. 
Somebody say immediately. As soon as they shaved his head, the hair started to grow again. I want to speak this morning for just a few moments in your hearing on this subject. Samson's not dead. Samson's not dead. You may be seated and thank you so much for standing in honor of the reading of the word of God. Israel was struggling with consistency in the era of time that we read in scripture. They seemed to struggle to stay faithful to the one true living God. They would have a godly leader and he would get them on track and then the next leader would wander off the ranch and the nation would go back to worship in false gods. Their arch nemesis were the Philistines. And when they were not serving God, the Philistines would have the power over them. They would have the military advantage. When they were serving God, God would give them victory over their enemy. And that's the way it is even today. When you're serving God, God gives you dominion. God gives you power. God gives you authority. Sometimes you may not even be able to quantify it, but in the spirit world, you have the upper hand. You may not realize it because we're not immune or exempt from trouble, but oh, my friend, you have an advocate. Hallelujah. You have a heavenly father. And when you're serving God, when you're being faithful to the house of God, when you're offering up those holy prayers unto the Lord, when you're being faithful in tithes and offering, you're saying, God, you're the one true living God. I trust you with every aspect of my life. I trust you with every decision I make. I've come to tell you, God will give you power. He'll give you authority. He'll give you dominion. And you will have the upper hand. But the same is also true. When you choose, as humanity is oftentimes prone to do, to put something else on the throne of their heart, then we lose that, that position. These leaders in Israel's history were called judges. And they were to lead Israel with their wisdom and their insight into the ways of God. And at this time, the time of the judges, they had drifted once again away from God. And after they had been under the dominion of the Philistines for 40 years, God promised Israel another judge. An angel pronounced Samson's birth to his parents. And the angel informed them that Samson would begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. But despite the great hope surrounding Samson and his great strength, Samson's behavior dashed Israel's hopes repeatedly. Samson was born to deliver God's people. But Samson lacked interest in providing the promised deliverance. And really, Samson lacked interest in helping anyone other than himself. You see, my friend, you may have the call of God on your life, but you must also have the character of God to fulfill the plan of God for your life. Well, you can have the gifts of God upon your life, but if you have that without the character of God in your life, you'll never be able to fulfill the plan of God for your life. God can give you and I gifts, but we, you and I, must develop the character. You have to have the integrity that will usher in the gifts of God in a positive way. So instead of rescuing Israel from the Philistines, 
Samson fell in love with two different Philistine women. And Samson killed Philistines, not because they oppressed God's people, but rather to take vengeance against them for personal reasons. But 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He has a calling on every one of our lives, but it is for his purpose. It is for his grace. And it has been established before the world began. Before you ever took your first breath, there was a calling on your life. There was a plan of God upon your life. There was a destiny on your life. Samson had supernatural strength. And even though his strength did not come from his long uncut hair, the uncut hair was a symbol of the Nazarite vow that had been placed on Samson's life from the time that he was born. We first see that Samson begins to toy around with the secret to his strength, with these Philistine women. Most people do not lose their walk with God overnight. It's a process. It's a slippery slope of sort of playing around the edges, becoming casual with the things of God. He had become so casual with this game that even after he revealed that his hair had never been cut because of the Nazarite vow, he just assumed that he could shake himself and he would feel the strength come back. Oh, I felt something in my spirit today as the worship team was leading this great congregation in worship. I begin to think about how it is incumbent upon each of us to value every time we step into the presence of God. I'll just preach to myself for a moment. I don't ever want to take it for granted. I've been in an apostolic environment since I was two weeks old and I'll be 60 years old in November but I don't ever want to take for granted that God has been good to me oh when I think of the goodness of Jesus he's brought us a mighty long way every time you feel his power you are a blessed individual every time you feel his unction you are a blessed individual But for Samson, this time was different. The King James Version says that Delilah afflicted Samson while he slept and his hair was being cut. Other translations say that he was subdued or bound by Delilah while he slept. Sin always has a limiting or a restrictive nature to it. It takes away your freedom, takes away your peace, your joy, and even your mental health. The difference is that when we shake ourselves and come to our senses, we feel the power and the presence of God. And he gives us dominion once again. It's easy to take that power of God for granted. But it is a mistake to take it for granted. The first thing that the Philistine captors did to Samson was to take his eyes. They burned them out of their sockets with fiery hot pokers. The first thing the enemy wants to do after you've made a mistake is to take your vision. To make you think that you have no future. To take away all hope. Make you lose sight of your dreams. Make you lose sight of what God has promised you. 
I may be preaching to somebody that God has put a call upon your life since you were a child. But when you think back, you feel like you'll never amount to what God has designed for your life because of a mistake that you made. But I've come to preach to you today that Samson is not dead and neither are you. God still has a plan for you. And though you may not be able to see it right now in the natural, I believe God can open up your spiritual vision and you'll begin to see again that God's got something great for you. When the enemy tries to take your vision from you, you have to remind yourself of what the Bible says. Romans chapter 11 and verse 29 It reads as follows, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and the calling of God. Notice that it doesn't just say the gifts of God are without repentance. It says for the gifts and calling of God, they are part and parcel to each other. They are without repentance. Four of the translations say that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Something that is irrevocable cannot be undone or taken back. If you break down the word irrevocable, you wind up with er, ir, meaning not, re, re, meaning back, and vocable from the Latin vocare means to call. So if something is irrevocable, you cannot call it back. It is permanent. The calling on Samson's life, which was to deliver the children of Israel from the Philistines, that calling did not change. Even though Samson was frivolous with that calling and squandered it away on unfaithful, ungodly women, that calling, that calling that was on him before he ever took his first breath, that calling was irrevocable his strength was a gift but it was a gift for the purpose of delivering the children of Israel from the Philistines sometimes in our natural world we get focused on the gifts of God because we can see those we can quantify those we can measure those we have a a metric for that But you can't always see the calling. You can't always see the purpose. But I've come to tell you that when God gives you a gift, it is attached to a purpose. He has blessed you for a reason. He has given you a gift with a purpose. They are not just for our own personal pleasure. They are not just for our own amusement or gain. They have a purpose. And God never gives up on that purpose. that's why they're irrevocable even though we may misuse the gift they're irrevocable because God never gives up on the purpose and if God does not give up on you don't give up on yourself Samson was put in prison and was given the work that was reserved for a team of oxen An enormous beam that was made to attach a team of oxen connected to a boulder that was designed to grind the corn and the meal. They estimate that the boulder weighed two and a half tons. 
And out of the side of that big boulder was a large beam. And usually they would attach a team of oxen to that beam. And it would turn that grist wheel and it would grind the corn. But in this case, they just used Samson. No man had ever turned this grist wheel by himself. But there had never been a man like Samson before. It was usually reserved for a a beast of burden, a team of oxen. You couldn't turn this boulder by just pressing against the beam. There wasn't enough strength in a normal human being. But from day one that Samson was in prison, he was strapped to the beam. It lets us know that the strength of Samson was there from the very beginning. His gift of strength was there when no one else was there. In the darkness of blinded eyes, his strength was not abated. Perhaps the political leaders and even the tourists came to see the mighty Samson turn into an animal, but no one could deny that his strength was still a mystery. And his strength was still obvious to all that would display. And behold, this medieval display of human misery. Maybe it's just me, but I was always under the impression that his strength returned when he pushed the pillars down in the temple of the false god Dagon and killed 3,000 Philistines in his death. But his strength had returned long before that or he could not have turned that grist wheel in the prison. And then I read it in scripture and the Lord quickened it to my mind that I read to you. It was as soon as they cut his hair that it started to grow again. It takes us longer to recover. It doesn't take God long to recover. You may have fallen into sin. It may not have been your fault. It may have been your fault. But I've come to tell you, you've got a great God that still loves you. He's immediately reaching for you. Everybody else may have written you off. They may have thought Samson was not ever going to be an issue again. But Samson was not dead. And as long as there's life, there's hope. Your son may not be in church today, but as long as there's life, there's hope. You dedicated that child to the Lord. There's a calling on him. He's not dead yet. For Samson, his gift was tied to his calling. And his calling or purpose was attached to his gift of strength. When he was without his strength in Delilah's lap, it was because he had forsaken his purpose. But put in prison, he had plenty of time to think about what his parents had told him as a boy. You're not like everybody else, Samson. There's a calling of God upon your life. They would remind him of his purpose. He was gifted for a purpose. He was gifted for a calling. And it was not over. You may say, preacher, I don't have a calling. I don't think I have any gifts. That's where you're wrong. You were called to be a worshiper. (laughs) 
I said, you were called to be a worshiper. You say, oh, there's no way I could ever get up there on the platform and sing. Well, sing in the shower if you have to. Everybody sounds good in the shower. (laughs) I don't know it's the acoustics or what, but I mean, you may not feel like you can carry a tune in a bucket, but oh, when you get in your car or you get by yourself and you just begin to think about how good God is, I should have been dead. You are called to be a worshiper. And God's given you a gift to worship God. You can clap your hands. You can lift your voice. You can shout with the voice of triumph. Oh, I feel like doing it for just a moment here today. He called me to be a worshiper of the one true living God. You are called to salvation. That's why you're given the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, the gift is attached to the purpose. It's God's purpose that everybody be saved. You know what that means? The gift of the Holy Ghost is available to everybody. We have seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that could not speak. They literally were deaf and dumb could not hear and could not speak but when they got the Holy Ghost they began to speak I said they began to speak because nobody is exempt you say oh but you don't know what I've gone through you don't know what I've done in my past you don't know the mistakes that I've made Samson's not dead and neither are you you've got a calling you've got a purpose God has designed salvation for you and he's given you the gift of the Holy Ghost you were called to be a soul winner I mean, you don't have to put the proverbial finger in the air to decide what the will of God is. These things are established. You're called to be a worshiper. You're called to be saved. You're called to be a soul winner. That's why the Bible says that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You say, what is that power? It's power to witness. I said, it's power to witness. Some of you may have never thought you'd be a home Bible study teacher, but you've already started teaching and people are getting saved. Some of you never thought you'd be a soul winner in your school, but God's giving you courage and God's giving you boldness. And you're not afraid to tell people, let me tell you what Jesus will do. Let me tell you, God wants to save. It's purpose with a gift. Two times I've had it happen in my own life. One time I was coming back from a Bible quiz tournament as just a young preacher and got hit by a drunk driver on Interstate 75, driving a Ford Probe Turbo. It flipped two and a half times in the air, landed upside down. I didn't have a seatbelt on. I looked around and I was upside down. The first thing in my mind was, I'm going to get hit or the car is going to blow up. And I remember crawling out through glass, crawling out from the bottom of that car. The whole thing was crushed like a pancake. I went down and got off the highway and sat down over there. I was still shaking from that experience. They later found my coat. I had it hung up in the the back. They found it some hundred and something yards from where the car ended up in the 
emergency vehicle started coming in. And I began to thank the Lord. I said, Lord, I thank you that you, you spared my life. And God said, I called you to preach the gospel. I called you to preach the gospel. The enemy wants to silence your voice. But I've given you a voice because there's a purpose on your life. You don't know how many times God has spared your life because there's a purpose. You may not even know what it is, but in time you're going to realize God's got a destiny for you. I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost to say that nothing can stop you from your destiny. There's no circumstance. There's no individual. There's nothing that can keep a man or a woman that is hungry for the things of God. God will fulfill his plan in your life. Oh, you ought to clap your hands under the Lord and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. But over time, you forget. Later on, I was in law school and was on the moot court team and was competing against another school that were the defending national champions. And we'd gone all the way up to the top. We were competing in like a mock appeals court setting where we would make our case before a panel of judges and they would question us. Then we'd flip sides and argue the other side. And it's a competition. And we were doing this competition over at Disney World. And we got to the finals. And the final two teams got to compete before the Florida State Supreme Court. And so we were there before these Supreme Court judges for the state of Florida. We, my partner and I, we were making our case. And, and then we flipped sides and we made our case on the other side. And, you know, it's hard to take a preacher out of being a preacher. And I probably got too excited. My adrenaline was pumping. They were firing questions at me. I was trying to answer questions. But after it was over, I went around to the side of the building. And I got over there on the side of the building where nobody could see me. And my adrenaline was still flowing. And I pumped my fist and I said, I was made for this. And immediately the Lord smote my heart and said, I called you to preach and I saved your life on a highway because I have a call upon your life. I'm glad you're having fun doing this, but this is not your purpose. And I had my back up against the wall on the back side of that hotel where we were at Disney hotel where we were competing and I, I slid down. I still remember it down in behind those bushes and I started praying and I said, God, I'm so sorry. You've been so good to me. You have blessed me beyond my wildest imagination. I thank you, Lord, for every privilege. Every time I've had the opportunity to stand in a pulpit and to tell somebody that Jesus loves you, even though you may not love yourself, Jesus loves you. And he has from the very beginning. As soon as the incident came to a conclusion, your hair started to grow back again. 
At first they didn't notice that the hair was growing. But when the tourists came by to make fun of him and to mock him and to say, you're not so great now, are you? The mighty Samson. They'd walk out and say, do you notice his hair is starting to grow again? I wonder if that means his strength is going to come back. He's already pretty strong. He's, he's pushing the grist mill. Good thing he doesn't have any eyes. Good thing he'll never be a threat again. Some of you may not realize it, but this past 4th of July, when you got together with family, you're unsafe children that had not been to church in 12 years. They started asking you about God at the table and you walked away and you said to your wife, did you notice that they inquired about God? Can I tell you today the hair is starting to grow back. There's a hunger. There's a thirst. There's a desire that you never get away from. It's inside of you. And it comes out and you can't help yourself. Oh, but preacher, you don't know I've made a lot of mistakes. I've ruined every opportunity that God's ever given me to minister to others. I know, I know there are consequences to mistakes. I know that Samson never got his eyes back. But the purpose has not changed. The calling has not changed. The gifts are still present because the purpose is irrevocable. The enemy will try to convince you that it's all over. He'll play with your emotions. He'll tell you that it'll never be the same. This tactic of your opponent is to get in your head and to make you turn to the addictions of the flesh to try and escape the remorse, the shame, the hurt, the pain. God is calling you. I said he's calling you back to the original purpose that he created you for, that he breathed into you the breath of life. He's calling you back to an altar. He's calling you back to a place of repentance. He's calling you back to a place of worship in the one true living God. So it's time to get your praise back on. It's time to get a spirit of appreciation again. It's time to return back to those wells where the water would run. Those artesian wells that would spring up. Those wells are still there. You just got to take all the dirt out. All the cares alive. Let the water flow. The well is still producing. Samson's not dead yet. Jesus. They called Samson down to the house of Dagon. The Bible said to make sport of him. Temple of the false god of the Philistines, Dagon, half fish, half man. They wanted him to entertain them and make a mockery of him. But actually, it was the fulfillment of his original calling. What did the judges do when they got Israel back on track with God? What did Gideon do? They would always tear down the temple of the false gods. 
Samson was created for the purpose of tearing down the altars of Dagon. His calling was being fulfilled even in the twilight of his own life. He prays and says, God, strengthen me this one more time. Samson, your physical strength is not in question. But one more time, Samson asked for the anointing, the strength of spirit, the courage, the gifts that God's put in your life are without question. God didn't gift you just to make money in this world. God gifted you to be a blessing to the work of God and the kingdom of God. And this building would not be here today if it wasn't because of people that are under the sound of my voice that have been gifted beyond measure. That got the vision of Pastor Urshan and said, you can count on me. I know why God's blessed me. I know why God's blessed my family. Because there was a calling upon your life. The gift is not in question. It's the strength of spirit. The courage to say, Lord, here I am. I'm coming back to you. Sometimes you got to pray for God to give you the courage to make your way back to the place where it all began. Back to an altar. Back to commitment. The Bible said he put his right hand on the support pillar and his left hand on a support pillar. And he bowed himself, the Bible said. I know the obstacles are still there. But maybe for the first time in his life, he bowed himself before he exercised that great gift of strength. God, I recognize it's not me. God, I recognize it's you that gave me this gift. And though I'm not a threat to anyone anymore, I stand here as a blind man. I've had to be led by a little boy like a dog on a leash to even get to this point. Deafening sound of the jeering and the cheering and the masses and the debauchery. And all of that environment. But there was a man with a calling. There was a man with a gift that was not dead yet. He bowed himself before God. He put everything he had in it. His right hand and his left hand. Can I tell you today, the only way you're going to get free from the attacks on your mind is to give everything over to Jesus. You can't just serve him with your left hand. You can't just serve him with your right hand. You can't just serve him with a, a stand-up erect position of not bowing down and recognizing that God is the source of your strength. You're only going to get freedom to worship, freedom to be a soul winner, freedom to be a blesser of the kingdom of God when you recognize, I know the obstacles are there, but I'm going to bow myself in submission. The scripture is clear when it says he killed more Philistines in his death 
than he did in his life. Because the purpose of why he was gifted and why he was born never stopped to destroy the Philistines. So the scripture in a very unique way says he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. There's a double meaning there. Yes, there was victory because as he pushed on those pillars, the anointing of God came upon him one more time and those pillars pushed that giant temple down and 3,000 Philistines died crushed under that weight of a collapsed building. He did more in his death than he did in his life. He died that day with all the Philistines. But the double meaning of that verse is that though he fulfilled the purpose in his death, what could have happened if he would have done it in his life? Samson, it didn't have to be that way. Would it not have made more sense to get aligned with your purpose when you were still young? Would it not have made more sense, Samson, to be aligned with God's calling on your life when you still had the advancement of years ahead of you? God is calling you, my friend. God is reaching for you. He has a plan for you. He has a future for you. But do you have to wait until you're on the doorstep of death to heed the call? Or will you fulfill that purpose now? Will you tear down those altars of sin now? Or do you have to wait till you've only got a certain number of breaths left in your life? Can you live for a greater purpose than your own pleasure now? I submit to you that there is a higher calling. There's a higher calling than just marking time on a calendar. There's a higher calling than just paying the bills. There's a higher calling than just living one day and putting one foot in front of the other without no purpose greater than your own lifespan. There is a cause. There is a purpose. There is a destiny. Would you stand to your feet? can grab a hold of that purpose right now if you've not done so up to this point I have good news it's not over Samson's not dead and neither are you God is still calling God is still reaching you say but I still got these circumstances that I'm facing I still got these walls that seem insurmountable. You know what? You can bow before a holy God, Brother Duval. Even while the walls are still standing. You don't have to wait for them to crumble. You can bow yourself. I wonder how many of you in this building today would step out from where you're standing and come down to this altar. Say, I'm going to recognize 
that I serve a holy God. I'm going to recognize that God has a calling for my life. God has a purpose for my life. I don't believe you're here by accident today. I believe God is wanting to remind some people that know what it is to be baptized in the saving name of Jesus. You know what it is to traffic in the presence of God. You know what it is to be raised in a Sunday school class. And maybe the cares of life have taken your joy. Maybe there's some circumstance in your family that has taken your joy away today. But God said, I'm going to give it all back. (laughs) It never stopped being my plan and my will to use you in the kingdom of God. Come on, some of you know what it is to have a grandmother or a grandfather pray over you as just a young boy or a young girl. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I could live above sin on your own. You couldn't. But he's going to give you the gift of his spirit. Oh, yeah, all you got to do is make your way to him and say, I'm going to bow before you today, God. I'm not going to wait for a more convenient season. I'm going to go ahead and reach out to you now while I can. I'm going to go ahead and say, God, I need you. I'm asking for your power. I'm asking for your anointing one more time today. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. All over this building now, would you lift up your hands? And would you lift up your voice? Would you call out to God one more time? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. It's not over yet.
spoken very specifically to several people in this house. He has spoken very specifically to you. Just lift up your heart, lift up your hands, lift up your voice up to Him and receive what the Lord is doing right now. You know, you know that the Lord has spoken specifically to you. And He knows that He has spoken specifically to you. Receive you the word of the Lord right now and it will give you life and it will give you healing and it will be health to thy navel and it will bring joy in the morning and it will satisfy your mouth with good things. Come on all across this house. Lift up your voice unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 